What is going on, everybody? This is Jerry. It's Toffee Blues USA. Welcome, welcome. It's the uh, it's it's the same old Toffee Blues show, uh, your source for all things Everton, except it's the USA edition. Wow. So I am Jerry, as usual, coming to you from Winston-Salem, North Carolina. I am joined this time. This is my first time actually seeing his face while he's talking, uh, well, or at least talking to me. I'm going to be talking. James is here from the American Toffees podcast. James, welcome, man. Jerry, it is a pleasure to be on the show. It's a pleasure to see the mean that you have going on. I did not <laughs> expect the, the hair to be so luscious. Okay, that's. I'm I'm totally in that phase where I'm like I want a haircut so bad, and I, and I made an appointment yesterday. My wife was just like, "Yeah, she can't see you until August 19th." <laughs> oh, I, it looks good, man. It looks good. Oh, uh, see, so you're you're a nice guy. I appreciate the nice guy. Yeah, that's I'm working on it. That's all I'll say. <laughs> uh, it's the longest hair. It's the longest my hair has ever been in my life during this whole all, all this COVID stuff, man. It's been uh it's been a, an experimentation period with it with the hair. Uh, so James, I am in Winston-Salem, North Carolina. Where are you coming to us from? I'm into you guys from Portland, Maine. Wow. That's right. I knew that. I am. I remember that from asking you this last time. Uh, so, so what is your, what is your local like support group in Portland, Maine? Like what's the closest one? Maine is, I, I would say Boston is probably the closest. We may, there may be one in New Hampshire, my goal by the start of next season is to have some kind of Portland, Maine fan base set up, or at least you couldn't even do just Maine because or Portland because I could very well be the only Everton fan. In this. <laughs> no joke. But I know for a fact that there are at least a handful of other ones throughout the rest of the state. So my idea is to kind of find some kind of central location. Maine's a big state, but some place where we can meet up, uh, start getting the ball rolling on that. I know the club is making an effort to try to establish an official fan group in all fifty states and. My goal is to be a part of that for sure. Yeah, I mean, uh, so like, I guess to give people an idea who haven't been to Portland, Maine, or or Maine, or for 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 people who have planned vacations there and not actually gone, me, uh, so <laughs> I am one of those. Uh, yeah, give us an idea a little bit about like what kind of town it is, size or city, what kind of city it is, what size, and the the cool stuff to do there, just to kind of give it a little bit of an idea as far as culture goes there. And football oh, yeah. culture as well, soccer culture. Yeah, really curious about that too. Portland, Maine's great. I mean, I've been in Port uh, in Maine my entire life, lifelong Mainer. Um, I Portland, Maine, has a population of about sixty thousand in the city proper, and then this the greater city surrounding area is probably around two hundred k. So it's pretty small. A um, lot of good restaurants, a lot of good breweries. We have, I think, the highest number of breweries per capita of anywhere in the country. Not a so, bad little stat to lead the nation in, my friend. <laughs> if, you, if you like good beer, you'll find a home here. We also have great uh, great seafood, obviously lobster being like Maine's primary export. Um, Portland is great. I am not much of a city person. Portland, Maine is a city by Maine standards, but not by like, you know, you wouldn't think of it as a city compared to something like Boston. But it has the same kind of like downtown area, a lot of nice shops. 
it's a good city for non-city people, I guess is the best way that I'd describe it. Ah, that is kind of cool, because I would think there's a decent amount of those. So yeah, very cool. So American Toffees podcast, we you, you've been so kind as to, to have me on a couple of times. Yeah, it's been really cool talking to you and Alex. Um, uh, for those of you who, if you're first, if it's your first time hearing about American Toffees podcast, it would be surprising, first of all, because I feel like there a lot of people know about them now for a reason. Well, uh, for a couple of reasons, but one of which I'll, I'll allude to in a little while. But uh, you know, it's basically they've been uh, analyzing uh, Everton content for a while now. How did you start getting involved with Alex and y'all start uh, putting this uh, pod together? Yeah, great question. So Alex was the original trailblazer for the Toffee Toffee podcast. He started it in, I believe, January of 2018. And he was doing it by himself for like seven or eight months until September. And I happened to come across a post that he made on the Everton subreddit. Uh, many people will probably be familiar with that, where he was posting the show to try to get feedback and stuff. And I thought, why the heck not me? Why don't I offer to come on as a guest? So I reached out to him and said, hey, man, can imagine talking into a microphone by yourself for months on end probably isn't the most exciting way to go about this. Would you want to have me on as a guest? And, and so we figured out the logistics. Alex is in Virginia, Virginia Beach. So obviously couldn't meet in person, but figured out the logistics through the Internet, had had me on as a guest. I had a great time. It was awesome to have kind of an outlet for my Everton fandom. Like I said earlier, being in Maine, not a whole lot of fellow Premier League fans, much less Everton fans. And so it was so cool to have an outlet and someone to talk to about it. And I sort of I enjoyed it so much that I that I talked to him and I said, would you want me on as a partner? And we've been doing it together now since September of 2018. So coming up on two full years now. And it's been a wild roller coaster, to say the least, like the amount of support that we've gotten, the network and connections that we've been able to make with people abroad, people stateside. It's just been an unbelievable experience. And, and I've enjoyed every second of it. Okay, so I mentioned that after that uh, earlier uh, for a reason why you may have you may be familiar with the American Toffees besides the content, which, as I said, it's good stuff. Um, so you guys took a, it's kind of a uh, Mr. Toad's Wild Ride kind of a thing. Yeah. You got to you got, got to go on a, a really big trip again. Envious, uh, if <laughs> I'm, hopefully it's not coming through. In my voice, how much I envy you guys' trip. But you know, the overall experience sounds incredible. Give a couple of, if you could give a couple of highlights. I know we don't have like three hours for you to just like me go crack a beer and you to tell me yeah, everything, yeah. which is what I would want normally. But give me, give me some highlights and uh, yeah, get, at least let me dream about what that's like. <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, it was so we. We were planning on making the trip. We knew after doing the pod for long enough, we like we got to make the pilgrimage. We have to go see Goodison, have to do it. And so we ended up meeting for the very first time ever in person, face to face in the Dublin airport in Ireland at like 5 a.m., which is when both of our flights landed. So we meet each other and obviously we spend a couple of days in Dublin and then we fly to Manchester and get the train to Liverpool. And that very same day that we're going to Liverpool is the day that we're scheduled to be at the Legends Tour. And so we get to our Airbnb in Liverpool and we're trying to figure out how to get to Goodison. And so we, we go up and we, we do the Legends Tour. It's unbelievable. And we get there in the lobby and uh, the woman leading the tour's name was Elle. And she was great. And she says, oh, do you know who's here today? 
because obviously they have they have former players uh, that that are there for the tour. And she goes, "Oh, Big Nev's here today." Oh my and god! We were like, "What? Oh my god, that's unbelievable!" <laughs> First time in Goodison, we get to see the empty stadium, incredible. And then we also get to meet Big Nev. We met Mark Higgins and we met uh, Eden Snowden oh after they answered questions. It was unbelievable. What so cool? Saw the locker room, saw the whole facility, all of Goodison and all its majesty empty. And then the next day, of course, we go to the match against Manchester United. And the moment that many people may have seen already was when we met Tim Howard on the pitch, which was, if you haven't seen the video, go check it out. Uh, it was a complete surprise and a little bit of backstory to that, but not to go on too long. But oh, you're good, we man. had found out once we were over there that Tim was going to be at Liverpool too while we were doing the the legends tour and so we were like oh we gotta meet tim we gotta get down to the to liverpool too and we were in communication with the fan engagement team uh christine Pryor, who is fantastic and, and helped us out tremendously on the trip and we were like christine do you think we'd be able to get down after the tour to meet tim and she said oh no i, I don't think you guys would be able to make it but maybe we can do something later in the week so we we're like okay well that's whatever we're not gonna let it ruin we're already here this is still incredible and so then the next day we're out on the pitch talking with the content team doing like an interview and then we feel the tap on our shoulder and it's Tim Howard. And like, Holy crap. Alex yeah. said, Alex swore and the content team's there and he <laughs> looks at the camera and he's like, hope you could, you know, thinking like, hope you could edit that out. Yeah. So that was, I mean, for an, for an American fan of Everton, it doesn't get much better than meeting Tim, your first, first time at Goodison for a match. That's huge. What a, and that's your first time being there and that's your experience that's just and i can't get over the fact it's also and it makes total sense by the way it's your first time seeing alex face to face also crazy yeah. you guys have been sitting there doing the show together for a while and yeah oh man what a what a cool run that's a very cool little run in life my friend that's that awesome great and then unfortunately obviously we got robbed of that result against united mm -hmm. and then the next week we ended up going to the to stanford bridge in london chelsea away and saw mm -hmm. us get thrashed for so yeah, that was hopefully next time we yeah. know better results, but we're all still unforgettable. Still, you got the experience. And I don't think everybody gets the experience of, uh, you know, you know, going the game home and being able to, to go the game away um, because that's one of the I feel like that's that's that seems kind of like proper, like you need both if you can. So that's great, you know, especially when you hear the stories from the. The, the people that we get to talk to and interact with and they're like, okay, let me tell you about what it's like away. You know, they tell you all the stories about the opposition fans and getting there and what you're doing beforehand. Yeah. It's really, that's awesome. I so psyched for you. It, it, it's <laughs> you already happened. I'm psyched all, for you. No, I, 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 I you know, I, that's the thing. It's like, I, I super, super am, but at the same time, I'm like, that's so great. You know, I'm legitimately it was, like, it's just such an awesome opportunity, man. That's so cool. It was great. It was great. And every American fan should do it. It's unlike any American sporting event you could ever attend. I'll say Well, when I, when I think about the fact that you and Alex and how much that you care, how much that you, the, you prep the effort, everything you go through, you know what I mean? That it's just, it's passion. And that's what it is. It's yeah. caring. It's passion. It's just the way it is because you care. And the fact that there's a ton of Evertonians you know, around in this country that care, you know, and have that kind of, it's just, it's a comforting thing, man. And it's awesome that, uh, you know, y'all continue to get the word out and hopefully even more people will be listening to American Toffees now hearing, uh, hearing your, uh, your charisma. So yeah. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. <laughs> Check out the show if you haven't.
Yes, definitely. Um, and hopefully we'll be able to have you and Alex on in the future. You know, the only reason okay. one make sure, yeah, the only reason Alex is not on because he didn't have a webcam on him. So that'll be fixed and we'll get them both on. It's going to be tales will be told. Yeah, so let's get into it. So uh, today's the, the recent news of today. Um, I mean, we're, we're going ahead and doing doing the news and then we'll hit up a Bournemouth reaction, a Baines retirement. And then we'll talk a brief season review, because let's be honest, I feel like I could talk to James for a long time about this stuff. Um, and so, yeah, quote came out today about Richarlison. Um, a lot, you know, basically Richarlison, in essence, is saying, well, Carlo told, you know, told me he wants me for one more year. Um, I'll probably try to do that unless there's a really big offer. La, la, la. You know, we'll see what happens. And I think, in essence, a lot of people, some people were upset and got kind of, you know, a little weirded out by it. But I think the prevailing sentiment was Everton need to grow to be able to catch up and get that ambition to catch up with where Richarlison is, right? And so that's a pretty reasonable thing, wouldn't you think? Totally. And and I get why fans are defensive about our best player <laughs> not completely outright denying the fact that he may leave someday. But it's yeah. also a reality of a player like that, you have to expect. Credit to Richarlison, anytime he talks about the club, he speaks with the utmost respect. You can tell that he loves being here. But after the first couple of years where we've essentially been stagnant and or backtracked, mm -hmm. you can't really get too upset with him for thinking, well, if this continues, I have to think about myself first and foremost. I'm not a lifelong Evertonian. And... Frankly, I mean, I think he's that good that he could end up at the Barcelonas, at the Real Madrid's, that type of club. And it would be a disservice to, like, I guess, lie or pander to the, to the fans and say, I'm going to be here forever, when that's probably not the case. Right. And, I mean, like you said, that the thing that really gets me is the fact that he he gets the club. He does. You know, he's constantly posting on social media, constantly, like... He just seems happy to be with Everton, and it's cool. So it's not like he's going out. He's not pulling, uh, well, let's be honest, sort of a, a Lukaku, where he seemed like he was every chance he got going out there and saying, well, you know, I'm, uh, I'm out here and I'm available, everybody. You know, it was very, like, putting himself out there any chance he got. Uh, Richarlison's just kind of like, well, let's see what happens, you know, which is very honest, and he's not complaining, though. He's not complaining. You know, because he because he doesn't want to, which is awesome. So anyway, I feel like at one, at some point we'll have to have that Richarlison conversation where where it's like, if big money comes your way and you get it benefit like Dortmund does, la la la, what do you do? You know, at some point, I, I'm not ready. I'm not emotionally no. ready. <laughs> Me either. Give it an, another season, and if we if we stagnate again, I I would not begrudge him one bit for wanting to leave. But yeah. I still think that we can make the right steps this season and convince him to stay longer. I agree. I agree. I'm with you. So the other bit of weird news today, um, I woke up to I, I'm in this uh, this chat room, uh, not chat room, but it's a, me a message. It's like a group message on on Twitter with all the Toffee Blues guys. OK, so all these guys are in there who are always on the tip of what's happening. They always know what's going on. And I wake up to these stories about Ivanovich. And hell, it is in advanced talks, and everybody's like, "Is this really happening? Are you serious?" And 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 then I went to work, and I go to this three-hour meeting 
Okay, and the whole time I'm thinking, what's going on? Is Ivana just a rea- if it's reality? And I come out, and it's like the the echo has already said, nah, no, nah, they're not, they're not really into it. It's it's, it's this, it's so crazy. It's it's such a classic. Just throw something at the wall, early transfer window, and we on the show we try to like not give too much credence to these type of rumors because a like Marcel Brands just. Yeah, doesn't leak stuff like he just plays stuff very close to the vest. But a rumor for what is he thirty five? It's like get real. Let's <laughs> let's look at the trajectory that the club are on. Like that's not the profile of player we're looking to sign. However, what I think may have given it like that little bit of credibility was I think someone like Ancelotti who's looking to essentially re reinvigorate, create an entirely new winning culture may want a more senior player, an older player, a veteran, especially with very few veteran players in the squad now that Baines is gone, to help instill a winning culture. That said, the type of player that we just we can't be giving minutes to, with all the youth that we have, the potential to develop, it just doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Kind of, and I don't know what the status of Thiago Silva is, but like that was kind of the same type of type of angle, right? Like an older player, maybe he brings something, at least in terms of, lead, in terms of leadership, but... For me, just just another one, and I'm sure there will be more of just let's chuck this one into the trash and move on. It was so weird. It was like I, I think the fact that it was coming from like local papers, like, and that was that was really throwing people off. And the fact that they were like, oh, well, he plays center back now. Does that change things? It was all this like I know in the group. I think it was James who said, hold on, wouldn't he add a lot of like grit? You know, wouldn't he add a lot of snide? You know, he's a He'd be mean. We need some mean, don't we? And he didn't use those words. He's far more eloquent than I am. But, you know, just, yeah, I, I was thinking, you know, he's got a point there. And I was like, but I was grabbing at anything. Like, why? Why would we do this? I don't understand. And it turns out we're not. At least right now we're not. So, yeah. <laughs> you can talk yourself into anything. You know? <laughs> Honestly, if you if you think about it enough. You really oh, especially yeah. Trans- especially this time of the year where Evertonians are like, champing at the bit ready let's get this thing underway here comes the train all that good stuff but yeah i'm sure we'll have plenty more uh outrageous and far-fetched rumors to discuss in the coming months oh yeah oh yeah this one was just so because it seemed like it was happening from a lot of people's standpoint it was just oh such a weird one because i don't think anybody saw why anyone all right so intro over that's day's events and now we have moved on we have to it's funny. Some of these subjects we discussed uh, a bit on the American Toffees podcast. So, if uh, I would encourage people to go there, check that out, listen to you know comments on there. We'll try to kind of. We probably will touch on a few of the similar topics, but I've I've got some notes notes here to try to to go in slightly different directions so that they're companion pieces. You know what I mean? That's the that's the way we're going on this. Uh, so. Um, uh, spoiler alert, if you don't know the score by now, I'm really sorry. I don't know where you've been, but it was you, you may be better off though. Uh, 3-1 loss. Uh, Everton closes out the season uh, what in what is uh, Leighton Baines' final Everton match. Uh, we'll discuss Leighton Baines' uh, retirement in a little while. Uh, but uh, some initial quick thoughts before I get into some, spe- some specifics. James, what do you want to what do you feel like you need to get out there about the game just to start with. And then I'll, 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 I'll help you out a little bit by being less vague. <laughs> yeah, no, that's okay. Overall, just a 
abomination of a match. <laughs> Truly, like it doesn't get much more just disheartening. And and thankfully, you know, and I don't know how many other Evertonians relate to this, but like if the season had just been called null, null and void when they had to stop, I would have been totally happy. You know, like, I would have said, "All right, fine, let's just get on to next year. Let's get into the window. Let's revamp the squad." We had some bright moments post break. But this was one of the very low moments. And unfortunately, Ancelotti's unbeaten record at Goodison comes to an end. It's Leighton Baines' last game. What a horrible way to send out a player like that. And the squad just look like they're... Half the players look like they're ready to be gone from the team entirely. And half of them look like they need a couple months rest. So nothing tactically that really stood out a ton. Maybe you had some some notes, but... And I know we talked about it on our show, but... Just a disheartening and... and we saw a lot of the same problems that we've seen for so long. And what was surprising to me, especially was just the the inability to mark on set pieces because we've been Mm -hmm. so good at that under Ancelotti. Yeah. Uh, That was, uh, I think that's their their second goal. Um, I mean, uh, just to go ahead and get it out of the way. So I don't forget to cover it. The first goal, a legitimate penalty. Charleston like elbowed the ball. He stuck his arm out. It's pretty clear. It was a, yeah. Um, do I feel like we, they reviewed it. They did to be, to, to be fair, they reviewed it, but they, and then they reviewed another one by Luca Dean that probably should have been another one. Yeah. It was and more it, of a handball. Yeah. And then there was another one later on. Uh, I think you mentioned that, uh, Moise Keane was involved in the play and uh, literally right. the guy moved his hand toward the ball was not even reviewed. So the moral here, I think what you said it last time, I'm just Taking it as my own now, though. Consistency. Let's just get some consistency. So we don't need to belabor VAR that much right now. Let's just get some consistency. That's, you know, I I realize it's a hard thing to master, but daggone it, I think we can do better than what's happening, right, happening right now. I mean, in a lot of lines of work, you have SOPs, right? Standard Operating Procedure. And it seems like VAR is desperately in need of some SOPs. They have to figure out, well, if there's a handball... And play continues. Can we stop play to review it? Do when do we review it? Because it seems like to me that if there's not an immediate stoppage in play, they'll just forget about it and like just mm-hmm. let it go on. And I know that you don't want to disrupt the flow of the game overall, but there has to be something. If there's and that was for us, it was as nailed on a handball as there could have been. So why mm-hmm. would you not go back and review it? The other things that that we can talk about would be like you know the pitch side monitor and all this that good yeah. stuff, but. Again, like you said, I don't want to. I don't want to talk too much about it because it's been hammered home so many times. But it is just it. it and it's never in favor of us. We no. always get the short end of the stick. That like United getting awarded what fourteen penalties this year? So many. Like that. So and I think it's get, even more than that. It's so many. It's it's, it's laughable. It's yeah. Laughable. And there's no I think way like get... an objective, an yeah. objective metric would have that much of a discrepancy between between clubs is crazy like i think we got one and i feel like that one was just out of like pity um and so yeah but uh and and and, you know i realize attacking teams are going to get more penalties got it we're not a super attacking team we haven't been like this entire season however uh i think i think we've been a little hard done by i think i think most neutrals would would agree on that so whatever it's not the reason we're at where we're at in the table, though, you know, so not um, bitter, Jerry. We're not bitter. 
<laughs> so anyway, second goal. Um, I'm skipping our goal. I'll get to it in a second. I'll give some positive in a second. But uh, their second goal, um, it's weird because when I'm watching it, uh, I'm thinking that what has happened, basically we have Branthwaite, what seemed like he was mismarking his player, like he, he let the player go, but then I realized, oh, hold on. And this is how it, this play is so weird. I was like, no, it's Davies who's marking that player. They're like, no, it's Sigurdsson. Sigurdsson lets his man go and gets his head in there. And then you realize after watching the play, yes, Sigurdsson's man looks like he scores the goal and starts to celebrate it. But really, it's Solanke right. who got the goal. And it's Branthwaite's man in the first place. So I go back to where I was. Back to so, you know, and it's just, and, and overall, that's two people losing their man, essentially. You know what I mean? And it's not like it's not like the young kid, you know, it's not like the guy was like really far away. He did challenge for it, you know, but he wasn't tight enough to be able to to win that header. And it happens. So you're right. Overall, uh, and it's even worse because Solanke scored and that just makes everything worse because he sucks. He sucks. OK, he's terrible. So, he's yeah. the fact that that, you know, they were Liverpool were able to get what 30 million for him is a joke oh and he's got an english cap by the way too he's got an english cap yeah england cap yeah dcl in there let's be real yeah anyway solanke that's what i have to say our goal was nice it was a great team move um Keane just had to be there uh it was great work up the field we worked the ball around it was incisive it was pretty soccer beautiful football so, uh, so yeah, it was it was solid. It was cool to see Moise Keane getting a goal, right? Yeah, great to see Moise Keane get on the score sheet. One of the very few positives to take. Hopefully that just gives him that little bit of extra confidence boost. I mean, I think most fans, there is a segment of the fan base that's ready to bin him off after one year. But I think they're the vocal minority. I still think he has, I mean, in he was the bright spot of the game for me. He looked so different from what Calvert-Lewin offers us as far as actually being able to make things happen with the ball at his feet. An aggressive nature to his game that I don't think Calvert-Lewin has where he's really hungry and looks like he's ready to take on anyone that gets in mm-hmm. between him and the goal. And just the technical ability is a different caliber. So I'm I'm really looking forward to see how he kicks on next season. That was the... And, and it was, a, again, really smart positioning for him. It was a tap-in, but it was a great build-up, great team build-up, and... Mm-hmm. Good, good to find him by Walcott. It was a good pass across too. It really was. You know, as you know, Coleman had done done well in the, you know, sliding that ball through to Walcott. It was just, it was solid play. I, it made me smile. I was like, yes, okay. There's a little something to celebrate. I'm down with that. Um, so, uh, I know last week on on this show, Cameron and I were talking about hoping for an open game, uh, really hoping for an open game, and I think we got it for a while. Um, we got it for a while, uh, and, uh, I think that really, that was good for us. It was really nice. Uh, and then in the 64th minute mark, they replaced Solanke, who was a striker with Billing, who's a center, like defensive mid. And I realized we had some chances after that, but to be honest with you, it was a lot of us crossing in and them just clearing it out over and over again, or them just blocking a shot that went straight into their legs. There was so much of that. And the middle was just so clogged. You know what I mean? And that was to me, the part where I was just like, that's what really got to me. I was like, if we can't crack this, we have, I, it felt, 
And oh, and Alex mentioned it too. When our subs came on, which is just after that, I think it was a 70th minute mark or something, yeah. it, we looked worse. Yeah. And we did. And he was right. Completely. And you're right about the open game. It was so, so, so open for the first half, maybe first 60 minutes. Mm-hmm. And it really, to me, highlighted more than anything else, just again, not news to anyone, but just how bad our midfield is. Like yeah. that, they should be feasting on that type of space. And they looked timid. They looked apprehensive. They didn't look like they were. You know, Tom Davies again, a player who's definitely low on confidence right now. But but that combo of him and Andre, they should have just taken that and ran with it. And yeah. we couldn't make anything happen through the middle. And then we replaced our right right side and regressed. Sidibe, he's had some positive moments for us this season. Some great crosses. This was not uh, a good way for him to end his loan spell. Good riddance to him. Hopefully we can bring in. We'll, I mean, the transfers are. We'll see what John Joe has to say about his staking his place yeah. in the squad. But, but I don't think we'll miss Jabril Sadibe. He is a liability defensively, and the offensive product dried up. But you're right. The substitutes made us worse, and we were already pretty bad to begin with, to be honest. So, I mean, once the once we went down two one, I think we all saw the writing on the wall. We knew they were going to bunker back. We knew they were going to, you know, and they they made. I think that especially making that decision part of the way just after we begin the second half, I think it was 15 minutes in where they decide, you know, Hey, let's, let's stop attacking and let's chill back. And the fact that they got a goal after that, after they had started bunkering back and, you know, and, and again, it's Stanislaus and I'm sorry, but every time he plays us every single time. Okay. It was just, it was, that was the player to watch for me last week. Me and Cameron were talking like every single time. It doesn't matter. You could score from the from the locker room. It doesn't matter, you know? So frustrating, man. And it wasn't even a good shot. No, it's, it's another error from Pickford, which, again, just highlights how far we have to go to improve. A player like that who, after his first season with Everton, obviously England's number one, we were over the moon. We said, okay, we have that position locked up for the next four or five years, and he has just regressed every single season. Mm-hmm. And it's so frustrating because we know what he's capable of. We've all seen it. Right. The, the highest stage in the entire world, the World Cup. And it just, I don't know what it is, if he's just low on form, low on confidence, but that's an inexcusable error from a keeper. You have to make that save. That yeah. is that is a drop and, and hit it wide. And there's just, and, it, and if it was just that one incident, it'd be like, okay, everyone has it. But it's yeah. like at least every other game, and he has, even in the games where he doesn't make an error that directly costs us a good chance or a goal, he makes weird decisions and he never looks totally confident coming out for the ball. So it just, there's always just that little, and it almost stems from the Derby last season. And I hate mm-hmm. to bring back memories of that, but it's like ever since then, yeah. it's just been like this slow decline. And it's, it's frustrating. Cause I really, I like kind of some of his attitudes sometimes, but Oh, people are yeah, saying man. we need to replace him. I don't know. I don't know where we're going to get a replacement for him this summer, but I think we definitely need competition for him is what I would say. I'm not I like I'm not for like getting rid of him necessarily, but I'm for making him nervous. Yeah, definitely so for it. But, maybe he's yeah. complacent. Maybe you're right. Maybe that's all it is. Like he just knows he'll start week in week out. And you know we've heard players talk so much about how how important it is to have competition in the squad, and we mm-hmm. have not had competition since his arrival in that spot. Yeah, and uh, early in that same goal, I know I was watching it, and I was sitting there just just ranting on Pickford, and my eight year old son 
both my boys play, but my eight year old's the one who actually watches the games. And he looks at me and he was like, but who was guarding him? And I was like, yeah, that's a good point because he does a little one, two and Gordon doesn't stay with him. Gordon and, and Gordon. And however, here's my difference between that. Gordon's brand new. Okay. Gordon's brand new. And that's an understandable error. And he busted his butt to try to get back there. Right. Pickford's error. I don't see as understandable. I don't get that. I can't fathom it. At least Gordon's. I'm like, you know what? You got to be mentally. You got to be, you got to be on it all the time. Pickford's I can't get, you know? And honestly, I thought Gordon played so well going forward. He did. You know? Yeah, and it's the same with, like, Branthwaite losing his man on the first goal. It's like, yeah. you know, you're, they're young. They're not up to the speed of the game. They have mm-hmm. an excuse, so to speak. <laughs> Whereas Pickford just is inexcusable. And you're right. Gordon was and has been since the restart probably our brightest offensive spot besides, you know, Richarlison doing what he does. But between him and Moise Keane, I mean, yeah. two really solid options going into next season. But for that goal, yeah, not Gordon's best moment, but... He has his work rate still stands out. Like he mm-hmm. does track Agreed. back, he does those things, and he's been asked to do a lot of defensive work. Um, kind of a thankless task for a player who prefers to play, obviously, on the other end of the pitch. But he's done yeah. a good job with it. Yeah, and I like the fact that uh, he's not just. I think one of our biggest issues is we were kind of attacking the same way. We were doing that thing that we got caught in a lot in the past with previous teams, previous managers, where we go wide, whip it in, go wide, whip it in. What I saw with Gordon, though, he would go wide sometimes, but also he would cut inside to try to attack from a different angle. I just think that's a smart player. I think so, too. I mean, you can tell he has that IQ and he has that that something about him where you you don't know exactly what he's going to do. Again, he's aggressive. He'll take on players Mm -hmm. night and day and he... You know, the, he, I mentioned it on our show, but like he tries to beat players with his raw pace, like just mm-hmm. t- touch it by him and, and go at him. And that's the type of confidence that, that I think our, our offensive players have been lacking for, for a long time, at least this season. Yeah, it reminds me of Jurassic Park. The Velociraptors never attack the cage in the same spot. Gordon's the same way. I'm a geek. I'm sorry. All right. So, <laughs> <laughs> any final thoughts on this, man? Uh, this, to bed, this thing. To yes, bed. I'm so fine with that. I'm so excited to toss this card, man. No, it came back. No, never come it's back again. There we go. <laughs> yes. All right. So uh, a lot again. We, this is something that's been touched uh, touched on by a lot of people. We need to we need to address Leighton Baines retiring. Um, if for you, those of you who are who are watching, I have my very first. I realize I'm an adult. And people in, a, in, in other countries don't buy when they're adults. They don't buy the name with the number on the back. I, I get it. It means I'm some bizarre man-child. I know. I just think it's cool because I was excited and it was my first player jersey and I wanted it to mean something. You know what I mean? And Leighton Baines, number three, I was like, that right there, that is an example. That is a symbol. Getting that, I'm like, that is the guy, that is the player, that is the model for Everton for me. You know what I mean? And so that's why I did it. And I realize it's kind of goofy to a lot of people in other countries, but I can't help it. All right. So, yeah, let's talk Leighton Baines. Why? Why is late? Let's start with uh, why is Leighton Baines so loved? And if you can say why you are totally all about Leighton Baines, maybe that's a good way to go. Your personal feelings. Yeah, I mean, we talked about it on our episode, but I've had a, a few days now to kind of think about it and you know, reading the articles, rewatching all of the highlights. He was a left back that scored free kick goals for fun. Like mm-hmm. you don't see that. 
he was at his peak and even sometime after his peak one of the best left backs of a generation of the entire Premier League history and he was an Evertonian through and through he was a blue he had opportunities to leave for United there were links to Bayern Munich he never wanted he just wanted to play in blue and in an era where we're so accustomed to players viewing us as a stepping stone, he was one who never viewed us that way. He viewed us as like his his true home. And he you could just see it in the way that he played. And you know, he was the one of the last of the David Moyes era. And in, you know, you just see players that will that are so quick to jump ship for the next best opportunity and he I don't I don't know if he ever really seriously considered leaving. And so that just goes that's what every fan of every club wants is a player who truly wants to be at the club that they're at. And we got that from Leighton Baines for what was it, thirteen years? You're yeah. right in two thousand seven. You don't see that very often now. And I it'll you know, will we ever see a player like that again? It it we may very well not. And he embodied Everton to his very core. Yeah, I when I talk to my kids and I try to give them an example of what a professional at your job kind of looks like that comes across. And I feel like he's the picture in my mind, like what I'm describing. Someone who shows up every time, plays through pain when he needs to, you know, um, sits there and, and he's giving you way, way more than I feel like anybody, you know, necessarily like expected or required from him. And he was, you know, forming partnerships, that partnership with Pinar, the idea of collaborating with others, being an awesome collaborator, being a good communicator, being a role model to be able to. So kids, I mean, that's we wanted him there another year. Right. I mean, yeah. yeah and Carlo was like, yeah, one in there another year. Damn right. We do. You know, we certainly do. He can <laughs> look at Dean's not healthy. You got Leighton Baines on the bench. Yeah, I'm fine with that. You know, especially especially if he's you know, banging in goals like he did against Leicester. What? Oh my God, that was yeah, crazy. To do that after not playing for like months on end and just coming yeah. and you have a moment like that just embodies what he's all about. And he's, he's also never a player who wanted, you got the impression he wanted the spotlight. He liked mm -hmm. just being who he was. He had his other interests outside football, photography, yeah. music, all of those things. Just a really well-rounded person who was an Evertonian first and just a good person yeah. second and a private person never, never just had delusions of grandeur, always kind of just a good teammate. It, just the type of player. I don't think they make, they don't make them like Leighton Baines anymore. I don't think. Do you have one specific like Leighton Baines moment where if you were like, if you're looking back into your, uh, into your memories and by the way, this was not a question I told you I was asking. So I am springing on one on you here. It just occurred to me because I was like, I wanted to hear this. I, I just got really curious. And I was like, you know, because I, you know, I feel like we've got each of us have we have several that we can like pull out whenever. What's the one for you where you're like, that's my Leighton Baines time right there. Man, I mean, there are so many. This was like right around when I first started watching would have been the, the two free kick goals again. West that was West. that was mine. They steal it. Oh, <laughs> fun. No, you can... no, it's good. That's good. I think that's awesome. You know, that's cool. You know, that's like that. Again, it's like it's a left back who takes penalties and bangs in long range free kicks. Yes. That is uh, such a commodity. 
And the fact that he never really got the recognition on like the European level, yeah, arguably because he didn't leave us for the Manchester Uniteds and things. Like at the same time, you get the feeling that he doesn't want that. So he he'll go down in history as one of the greatest all time Evertonians, despite the fact that he deserved a trophy and we weren't able to get him one. Yeah. You know, but yeah, for me it's and then I mean we'll talk about it. and it might even be not to foreshadow, but talk about season and review that goal against Leicester was yeah in that moment probably the happiest I've been for the whole season yeah <laughs> uh so yeah I I gotta agree with you there um it's just it, and we talked a little bit about about this before but the whole idea that you know we couldn't get him a trophy and it seemed and he, and he didn't get nearly enough as many England caps as he deserved um, deserved to play a lot more for his country to represent it. Um, uh, and it's, I, I almost feel like, you know, I, I, re- I realize that words like deserve are, are abstract. They mean nothing when it, when it's all said and done, it's not specific. It's not empirical, but if I'm talking to my son, I say, well, you know, I feel like football, I feel like Leighton Baines deserved more out of football because I felt like he put it so much into it, you know. I feel like he deserved more, um, and I think, and I, and uh, you know, I'll repeat this. I think he deserved more uh, from Everton in terms of results, you know. Yeah. Um, so that that stinks, and who knows? We'll, we may see him in a in a club role soon, to where uh, Everton can maybe repay him and uh show him some serious appreciation because it's you hear stories about like the personality of the guy too just yeah. seems cool you know it's not enough right. that he's like this amazing <laughs> player but he's also like super cool uh like, down-to-earth guy like yeah a guy, cliche but like a guy you could absolutely have a beer with and just yeah chat with yeah. and i don't think there's many players again in, in an era where it's become these multimillionaire athletes. He just never really bought into any of that. He always just seemed like your average guy that just so happens to be an unbelievable left back. Yeah. So I want to, I want to end with this one question I told you I was going to ask you because I found it. I found myself conflicted about, about the answer to this. So obviously we wanted him back and he's not going to be back. So He's so I guess the question here was whether or not he was going to retire, whether or not he was going to leave and go play for another team or whether or not he was going to sign a contract and stay with us. So the thing everybody was saying, well, if he if he leaves, he'll probably go to MLS. Right. Mm -hmm. So is there a little part of you that is at least the tiniest bit disappointed that he didn't come to the U.S. just for just to be I just the idea of Leighton Baines just ripping crap up in the states, you know what I mean? Is there that little part of you, or is there that part of you where you're like, I don't want him to 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 fade, and I want to remember him a certain way? So what do you think? Well, I think I think you hit kind of both sides of the, of the question. It's like, yeah, it would have been very cool to see him play in MLS. I'm sure he would have done a great job. But there's just something so poetic about just finishing your career at Everton. He he would have I mean he would have been a commodity. I think it was what before he signed his one year extension last offseason. Were heavily he was linked with with the Galaxy, if I remember correctly. 
think so. It would have been it would have been cool to see him play stateside. I obviously wouldn't have been making it uh, across the country to California probably to see him. Nor I. But, <laughs> but I do think like he he didn't want to follow the well trodden path of the player who has right. run out that or overstayed their welcome in the top divisions and decides to take a well paid retirement. Not that I believe that that's the trajectory of the MLS, but that's how it's often described. That's the narrative. Mm-hmm. I'm glad that he didn't just fall into that same type of, of story and just went out, I think, the way that he wanted to go out. Yeah, I, I, I will say there's that tiny part of me, and I agree with you. I am so on board with you about the, I think it fits his personality not to go to MLS. It just feels right for him not to. But there is that part of like, the idea of some of these MLS games, hearing some of these MLS commentators, just I, I, I wished I could have heard them like scream at some like long range free. Ca- I, I hate I didn't get that, but you know what? It'll be okay. <laughs> okay. It'll all be okay. I'm like tear up here thinking about it. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so. I know. All right. So I'm, uh, I, I feel bad tossing this one away. So I'm just going to, uh, yeah, drop yeah, it. Yeah, nice and easy. Yeah, dropping it. All right, so finally. Now, this this next segment, this final segment, could get seriously out of hand. All yes. right? It's a season in review. So a, a few short highlights. Um, what I'll do is I'll give you, I'll give you uh, some information, a topic, give your thoughts, and we'll move on. Because I worry, if I sit here and I pitch this to you, we're going to be here another 30 minutes, and I know you, you have a life. I'm sure you've got, like, eight dates or something. I don't know. I just assume everybody has a life that, life that, I, that I don't. Uh, so, <laughs> uh, so basically, uh, Everton finished 12th in the league this season, 13, 10, and 15, with a minus 15 goal differential with 49 points. It's not it's not the best. Um, I'd say our probably the the best run we made this season was the Carabao Cup run where uh 4-2 win over Lincoln City, 2-0 over Sheffield Wednesday, 2-0 over Watford and then a heartbreaking loss in penalties to Leicester. Um, so yeah, so basically I mean tournaments uh, so that was it. Not a lot happening in terms of silverware uh european places it's just it was very the whole thing it was very meh so uh oh yeah in our fa cup i think we 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 had a one nil loss to self-awareness fc and uh that was about it that's not mine by the way i'm pretty certain that's terry's joke but i'm clinging to it because it's good (laughs) but uh so yeah just thoughts about basic, just results at this moment. Just about the results and about, uh, w- did you see this coming or is it just straight disappointment? Man, it is. It honestly feels like it's been five seasons. Like you couldn't break it up into obviously, like Marco Silva was our manager at the start of this year, believe it or not. Yeah. It's been, a, in, in going into the season with the signings that we made, I was fully convinced that this would be, we were going to push for Europe. We were going to be firmly in the picture. And it just started with such a train wreck. Like we were so, so poor under Silva and, and unlucky to be fair. Like we were pretty unlucky, but the results alone, like 
what was it, 14 points from 13 played or something along those lines yeah. under Silva before he was sacked. Just nowhere near good enough. And, I mean, the highlight of the season for me, or at least the segment, was when Big Dunk came in. And we just mm-hmm. got that immediate boost, that win against Chelsea. Phenomenal. And then we, of course, brought Carlo in, and it was... Again, like Alex and I were there for the United match and the Chelsea match, and then football just stopped. Like, it's yeah. two days after I got home from Europe, it was like everything's on hold. Mikel Arteta has COVID. We're done. Yeah. And then there was this weird, it's just, it's such a weird, long, broken up season filled with a lot of misery, a yeah. couple bright spots, but results alone. 12th place, I don't think anyone would have predicted us at the start of the season. Any Evertonian self-respecting would have picked us this low. So it does feel very disheartening. But we go again next season. I still think there's some some, some positives to take away from this year. Yeah. So just really quick, I wrote down the what I consider to be the highlights of Silva's uh, <laughs> season. Uh, and the, what I, the 3-2 win over Wolves, the 2-0 win over West Ham, and the 2-0 win over Watford. And I got to be honest, the fact that I'm giving those results as the highlights, that's depressing. That's yeah, and you know what I mean? And that just, that's not cool. You know, those that's... Were what, those are what is, are those the only three wins? Oh, no, no, no. There yeah. were, were other Under wins, Silver? but they were... Yeah, but no, no. We had other wins, but these these were like highlight wins. You know what I mean? Like, like oh, we yeah. played halfway decent. And we beat someone... That maybe people like with Wolves. I don't know if people the expected Wolves us to win man. that game. It was great. We won, right? Um, but the other matches, I feel like people expect us to beat West Ham and Watford. That's why I'm saying is the fact that it's just so we played all right, played well, right? Played all right. I will relish. I will relish beating Watford, and I will relish them going down because I know they had some delusions of grandeur, as I as I alluded to earlier. They had some delusions of grandeur pushing. Maybe thought they were a bigger club than Everton. We showed them uh, that that's not the case. So I, I remember, I remember one Watford supporter that used to watch this channel back in the day, named Hornet, Hornet Gamer. I think the very first, he was one of the first people to like comment, and he was super supportive. Uh, and so I, I'm, I'm not happy about it for him, but all the other people I see on social media, that's when I'm kind of like, okay, yeah. All right, because I've seen some of their interact interactions, and I'm like, eh. So, yeah, for Hornet Gamer, uh, I'm not happy, but for the rest, me. All right. So, it, anyway, so yeah, uh, Silva left December 5th. Dunk, big Dunk, uh, comes in. Uh, he's in till December 23rd. Then, third, then Carlo Ancelotti comes in. Carlo, big Carlo, comes in from from the 23rd onward. And to be honest with you, the uh, I would say. The highlights of Carlo is not specifics. It's more beating teams we're supposed to beat, you know. And it's sort of like we're not we're not losing to the teams that that we're supposed to beat, but we're also not we're not surprising anyone. It's just you're doing what you're supposed to do. There you go. And that was about it, right? That's like all we can ask for. Like with the squad that he had, wasn't able to make any signings. Coming into a tough spot where we were mm-hmm. in the relegation zone, big dunk got us out, but. It's all you can ask. We mm-hmm. had a very mediocre squad. He steadied the ship. He made us really tough to score on. He shored up that defense really, I think, remarkably quickly, considering mm-hmm. how bad it was under Silva. And then we, I mean, we had some decent results. I think mm-hmm. him coming in, just the fact that we were able to bring in a name like that finally at right. long last, did so much to up to uplift the fan base as a whole. 
Right. And I think now that we're finally going to see him have the opportunity to participate in the recruitment side of things, there's a lot to look forward to. But just on results alone, Carlo deserves a ton of credit. He did a great job with what he had available. And as a squad, again, I, I still feel like people kind of overlook the just sheer number of injuries that we had. Yes. This was not a fit squad, really, at any point. Like, we had Mina going down periodically throughout the year. So many others. I won't rattle through G- it. But... G- oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Because he was supposed to. Yeah. yeah. Our flagship signing, replacing our, our probably our best player, our unsung hero, Chrissy Gay. And then he just has two of – and it's not even, like, recur. It's two freak injuries that you never – you rarely see. So, hope yeah. he gets well. I still think he can make an impact in the team. I agree. I agree. I, I still am optimistic on, on old JPG. Uh, so, just a few quick – just to kind of uh, – your player of the season. Who's your player of the season? I think it has to be Richarlison for me. Yeah. He's just so it's not a, it's not a unexpected pick but he was just a class above like always yeah. puts in a shift gets picked out singled out by every single team we play gets hacked left and right and gets up through it all mm-hmm. and scores goals and he scores goals with his head with both feet he's such a well-rounded player we talked about it at the top of the show we're lucky to have him for as long as he wants to stay and off of the pitch, just his whole demeanor and like his character is so likable. He's yeah. such a funny guy. I don't know if you saw the video of him uh, when he's trying to order pizza <laughs> the other day. I mean, that is top tier content right there, Richarlison. I really think he can score 20 goals for us next season. Agreed. Unbelievable player in, in my standout this season. Yeah, uh, we watched, me and my wife watched the Brazil. Uh, all or nothing for the Brazilian national team that's on uh, Amazon Prime, and he's just he's just great. He's just great. I mean, you know, they they really portray him like this like jokey, fun guy to be around. And I'm like, yeah, okay, that's exactly the way he it seems, he seems on social media, and that's what he seems in all the Everton videos. He just seems fun, you know. And the fact that yeah. he is giving Ederson like so much flack in one of those episodes, and Ederson that. takes off after him, it's so great. Yeah, it's. Lover Charles, I agree. By the way, he's my player of the season too. Um, your best moment of the season, man. For me, I, I there's two that stand out. Well, three. One I have, and I won't name all three. The first one would be just the Calvert Lewin goal against Manchester United when De Gea kicks it's it off good. because that was my obviously first match at Goodison, first home goal. To hear Goodison erupt in the yeah. first opening minutes of a match against United was. An incredible experience, one I'll never forget. The other one is uh, Walcott's late winner against Watford. That was such a – it wasn't a particularly nice goal, but just to finally – usually we're so used to being crushed at the death, mm-hmm. with the conceding late, to actually get one late and win was very uplifting and, and, and a highlight for me. And uh, your goal of the season? This one's easy. Just on sheer, or I guess, sentimental value, it has to be the Baines goal against yeah. Leicester. I agree with what, that. What an unbelievable goal in, in a spectacular moment. And it's, again, a theme. Just a shame that we could not get him the result that that goal deserved. Yeah, agreed. That's my goal of season two. My moment, by the way, was the 3-1 win over Chelsea. I just loved Big Duncan running down the sideline, running the down the touchline and grabbing the ball boy. It just 
I hadn't seen anything like that, like, and been that, like, completely enthused. Yeah. So it's just, I guess, a, I, don't, I don't know if it's fair to pick a game <laughs> as a moment, but I no, did. Whatever. That was good. That was, that was a some result. That was like, that was exactly what we needed at that time. Just dig in. And I remember, what do we have, like, 30 tackles in that game, too? That was some great stuff. Yeah. You got, the, got them motivated. I'll tell you that. So, uh, so that's. That's it. That's all I have on this card, man. Uh, we are, okay. we have, I have, uh, I have grilled this guy to death. Uh, that's, that's the show. Um, James, I, I want to make sure I tell everybody, check out American Toffees podcast if you haven't already. And if you have already, continue checking it out. James would appreciate it, I'm sure. James, do you want to, do you have anything else you want to say or anything you want to plug with the show or anything else? Yeah, just follow us on on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, uh, at USA Toffee Pod. If you want to follow me for whatever reason, it's at Optimum Velocity with uh, the O is a zero. Other than that, Jerry, really appreciate you having me on. Glad we could finally do this. And uh, I'll be reaching out to you after to get uh, what your hair care routine is. <laughs> uh, I got to put you in touch with my crew. You know what I mean? Uh, it's my, my hair crew, my team. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm glad you got the, uh, the social media stuff. I should say uh, Toffee Blues. Check out the Toffee Blues website. All of the content there. We have some really cool friends that do uh, that contribute there. Uh, that you actually see on some of the uh, some of the Toffee Blues videos, and you hear on some of the Toffee Blues podcasts. So there's a lot of really good stuff on there. So check that out. Follow follow the Toffee Blues on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. You can find. I'm assuming you will see some details for for Twitter uh, and whatnot on this video or in the details uh, underneath on the podcast. James, man, thanks so much again. I appreciate your time. I went seven minutes past when I told you I would. I apologize for that. I hope to give you that seven minutes again somehow, maybe with my DeLorean. I don't know. Good to talk to you, man. Good to talk to you, Jerry. Uh, you'll be getting an invoice for that extra seven minutes. <laughs> I'll print it out and put it up there. I really will do it. James, thanks so much, man. Please uh, tell Alex what's up. Thanks for your time. Everybody else out there, uh, season's done. Relax. Now the silly season begins. Maybe we sign some players. Maybe we uh, sell some players. Uh, or maybe it's just a bunch of loans. We'll see. All right, don't take it too seriously just yet, though. Much love, everybody. We're out. Bye.